0: Welcome to The Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week.
1: 50% more pet owners have searched for charity support with their vet care in, in the last year.
2: You know, it could be that if your pet becomes really ill, you might be facing a vet's bill that you just actually can't afford to pay, which will put you in a very distressing sort of situation.
0: This week we'll be discussing the price of having a pet. As the cost of living crisis deepens, pet food banks across the UK are reporting that households are being forced into difficult decisions between feeding themselves and their pets. And according to research from the vet charity PDSA, two million pets are at risk of losing their homes. So today we'll be uncovering the rising cost of owning a pet, revealing new which research into the best pet insurance providers and giving you plenty of advice on how to cut costs where you can. And for this, I'm joined by witch insurance expert, Dean Sobers, and Shauna Spooner, a veterinary nurse and spokesperson from the vet charity PDSA. Thank you both so much for joining us today.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi. Now on the podcast
0: we've discussed a huge range of our daily expenses that have been affected by the rising cost of living but keeping pets is new territory for the show unfortunately for pet owners but unsurprisingly we're up against soaring costs here too aren't we Shauna can you talk us through the biggest outlays uh, pet owners face and how they've been changing
1: this is something that we've looked at quite recently actually and we intend to to kind of keep an eye on us as, mm. as things progress and move along with the cost of living crisis because you know pets mean so much to people they're part of the family and you know such a big support for people's mental health and mm. they're you know they are really important and pet owners are currently facing a bit of a daunting time at the moment. You know, some will have to choose between feeding themselves or feeding their pets. Some people aren't heating their homes to be able to pay for the vet care that their their pets need. And it's a really, really difficult time. The biggest outlays at the moment are just going to be the day-to-day requirements. You know, the, the feeding and all of the things that a pet needs to make sure that they're happy and healthy are you know quite quite extensive costs we we've actually looked at quite in detail how how much you could expect to pay for a pet each month and it, it is quite a lot of money you know for, for cats a minimum is going to be about 60 pounds mm. a month and that doesn't include any veterinary treatment or um you know grooming or any of those extra things dogs you could be looking at sort of 50 to 75 pounds depending on this the size of the dog and rabbits around 70 pounds so that's a, a big cost a every lot. month yeah mm. especially when you know if they do unfortunately get poorly or injured you are looking at those those veterinary you know veterinary treatment costs on top and you know veterinary care has gone up in price unfortunately and that's because you know the advances that we've got in in veterinary at the moment are amazing and we can do amazing things to make pets better now but that does all come at a cost and Mm. you know we as veterinary practices have are being affected by the cost of living crisis as well. I mean, you know, energy bills, cost of medications, everything's gone up in price for us as well. So unfortunately that does, you know, transcend into, into what pet owners do you pay as well.
0: And people not being able to afford to feed their pets or cover vet bills is something that we've seen cropping up quite a bit in the news recently. One Guardian article on a Blue Cross food bank for pets in Grimsby was titled, for some, it's feed your kids or your dog. I mean, obviously, that's an incredibly difficult position to be in. As, as you've said, Shauna, we all know how important pets are. They're often very much considered a part of the family. Now, I should say, well, we will get on to uh, how you can keep costs down and, and the help available. But first, vet bills. I mean, it, it's no wonder people are struggling here as they can come up suddenly without notice and be well into the thousands, can't they? I mean, I've been reading some of the many stories on the PDSA website, Shauna. Can you give us a flavour of of the kinds of cases that you're coming across? And I wonder how they've changed uh, since before the pandemic and the cost of living crisis began to soar.
1: We see lots and lots of poorly pets. You know, we're a very busy charity that's in quite high demand at the moment. And the, the real kind of cases that we're seeing at the moment there are lots and lots of people that their circumstances have have changed really suddenly maybe they've lost jobs or have become unwell and have been unable to work and are now eligible for PDSA help with their vet care whereas they weren't before and we're just seeing you know lots of cases of people that otherwise potentially might not have been able to Afford their pet to get better if, if PDSA wasn't around, and a lot of people that didn't know we existed because they've never had to look for charity help. Um, but you know, now that they're one of our clients, they're, they're just so so grateful. I've seen a bit of an increase with um people looking for charity support with their vet care. The RSPCA did a Uh, survey this year into kind of people's attitudes towards pets and found that 50% more pet owners have searched for charity support with their vet care in, in the last year. You know, we are we are seeing these these cases you know maybe that have gone to another vet practice have expressed that they can't manage the cost to make their pet better and the vet practices do actually redirect them to us and say look there are options available and you can get help with these finances through PDSA if you're eligible so but um, yeah the we're just seeing a lot of grateful pet owners at the moment that we're here which makes our job more rewarding but it's sad we're in that kind of situation to begin with.
0: And we'll definitely be talking about uh, the kinds of options available uh, later on in the show. Um, but first, with the potential for such high vet bills, can we talk about insurance? Dean, this is your bread and butter. And recently, you've looked after a big piece of research at which into pet insurance providers and policies. Can you talk to us a bit about the work you've been doing and the kinds of terms and conditions you've been looking out for and unpicking?
2: Yeah, sure. So we surveyed 23 pet insurance providers um, and we collected information about the cover that was available across their policies uh, for cats and dogs. Um, Now, there are lots of different permutations of cover that were available. So between those 23 insurers, we ended up reviewing a total of 248 policies um, or versions of cover. um, And we gave these all scores when we were kind of reviewing them, a key component of the policies um, that that we examine is how much they will pay out for vets fees and how you can access that money. So for example, some will pay up to say £2,000 a year or £5,000 a year, whatever it is ongoing, whereas others will um, allocate an amount that they will pay towards a condition over the pet's life. So for example, if, if a cat has diabetes you know the insurer will say okay well you have a fixed pot of six thousand pounds say to make claims on um, for, for the cat's diabetes and after that has been exhausted we no longer cover diabetes for the cat and then there are, there are various others as well so with some there'll be like a time limit on how long you can claim for an illness of 12 months Outside of that what we also looked at was things like whether they will pay out to treat uh, dental illnesses alongside dental treatment that's that that results from an accident or injury and whether they will potentially cover pre-existing medical conditions and then also things like if you can if, if, if you can make a claim if you have to cancel a holiday because when you're about to travel your pet becomes ill or goes missing and lots more.
0: Well the full findings of your work will be available uh, on the Which website from tomorrow which is Saturday if you're listening on the day of release but as a bonus for our listeners Dean can you reveal some of the providers we're giving the iconic uh, Which best buy seal of approval
2: uh, Yeah I guess I can I can lift the veil a little bit so um we basically we give best buys for policies that meet certain criteria that we've set and that also have a high overall score generally this year we gave 32 policies Best Buy um, status and they came from 10 insurers. Of these, the the highest scoring was Many Pets, um, which, uh, which until this year was called Bought by Many. The provider that had the most Best Buy policies in its range was John Lewis.
0: Thanks, Dean. And we'll get a link to the full article uh, in the description of the show from tomorrow from Saturday. And Dean, can we also touch on another article you wrote for the Witch Money magazine, um, which was last month about cutting back on insurance. Now, in a survey of 2000 people, 12 percent of pet owners said they had reduced or cancelled their cover in the 12 months to August this year. And Dean, you went on to present a really interesting comparison between the cost of insuring your pet and what you call self-insuring, where you put money aside each month into a savings account instead of into a policy. Can you run us through the example you give and the verdict uh, you came up with?
2: Yeah, so I um, should probably start by saying we, we think that pet insurance is a really valuable product, um, but the, the unavoidable reality is that it's really expensive, um, especially um, for people with older pets or pets that have had medical conditions um, in their past. And this means that um, as the insurance policy gets more expensive, it becomes increasingly difficult to switch provider for, for a cheaper premium. As a consequence of that, some people just get priced out of it. You know, they 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 like the insurance and they want it, but they just can't afford to keep paying the premiums for it. When we last surveyed um, members, we about pet insurance, we found that they were paying on average four hundred eight pounds a year to cover uh, one dog. Now it can be a lot higher for some people and a lot lower for others, but that's that's just kind of the the average figure so what we did in the article is we took that figure and we explored how things could work out if instead of paying that to an insurer they instead put it into savings um, which they could use to draw on for their dog's health care we did this looking at two sort of illustrations two scenarios in the first one we assumed that there were three vet treatments over that over that 10 year span that cost between 440 pounds and 800 pounds over the 10 years, it totaled at £1,913. And after that, after paying that, they had £2,167 in the bank. With insurance, they'd have had nothing in the bank um, and would have had to also pay £300 in excesses. Those are contributions towards the claim costs. So they have actually been £2,467 worse off than if they'd self insured. However, scenario two, we do a similar thing, but we throw a spanner in the works. So, instead of vet treatments for like a few hundred pounds, our third claim was for nine thousand pounds. That's you know quite a quite an extreme sort of sum, but it's you know from what from what we we understand of um, certain vet costs and claims that people have made, it's not beyond the the sort of realm of plausibility. In this example, the pet insurance policy didn't pay all of this, um, as it had a claims limit of five thousand pounds and you also had to pay excesses. However, the contribution that it made meant that in that example, the person with insurance spent £880 less on, you know, towards the, the the health of their the health of their dog than they would have if they'd have if they would have instead relied on savings. In terms of like a verdict, well the, the reality of the situation is that The majority of people will probably be more closely aligned with scenario one, where the self-insurer wins, in inverted commas, um, than in scenario two. So according to the Association of British Insurers, the average claim is £848. And a survey that we've carried out suggested that most members claim three times or less um, over a 10-year period. So most people will probably pay in more than they get out. The thing of it is, though, is that you can't really know um you know when you get a pet whether your experience is actually going to be like most people's or what your pet's health costs are actually going to be over its life so dealing with that uncertainty is why it can be well worth having the insurance
0: so, so in a sense it, it kind of comes down to whether how much risk you're, you're willing to
2: take some people might make a assumption that um, they're, they're fairly confident that the uh, that vets bills aren't going to become a manageable for them Perhaps they're putting some money aside, but they've also they're also they have other savings that they could draw on if you know if, if a kind of an emergency sort of happened. Um so they might make the the decision there um, that they're that they're happy to take on that risk and to self insure. But it will kind of come down to the person because you know you might alternatively not have much else that you can that you can turn on. So, you know, it could be that if your pet becomes really ill, you might be facing a vet's bill that you just actually can't afford to pay. Um, which, which puts you in, um, you know, which will put you in a very distressing sort of situation.
0: Thanks, Dean. Really interesting. Definitely food for thought there. So can we move on now then to the help available to help cover vet bills and other costs? Shauna, so the the charity you work for, the PDSA, uh, is there to help with vet costs. How can our listeners access this or or check whether they're eligible?
1: In short, we on our website we have a eligibility checker, and effectively, what that does is if you just put in your name and your postcode, how many pets you have, and what um, benefits you claim, so we'll dissect that a a little bit more. So we do have forty-eight pet hospitals across the UK, and each pet hospital has a catchment area, and this is worked out so we know that the pet hospital can cope with the demand of the area. Now. There are unfortunately some places in the UK where we don't currently have coverage. Um, you know, it, it it costs in excess of sort of 3 million pounds to build a pet hospital. So it's not something that we have UK wide coverage of um, at, at this time. We do work with some private practices, so private vet practices in those areas to try and support the clients that we can't yet reach. Um, so it will give details of that on the website as well. Um, with regards to the benefits that, um, you, you know, you have to be on to be able to come to the PDSA, there, there's a huge list, but depending on which benefits you receive, depends on what kind of level of service you get from PDSA. So we have two levels of service, we have the uh, contribution, based service where clients don't pay for their vet care, they make a contribution to the charity if they're able and then we also have the reduced cost service where there are costs in place there but we uh, aim to be uh, more affordable than potentially other other veterinary practices.
0: So is the first step really to know that if you are struggling to pay your vet bills, to, to mention it to your, your vet, your veterinary practice and kind of see what help they might be able to, to, to to suggest.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you, will not be the only person having that conversation with your vet and they will be best placed to provide you with all of the options whether that be financial options obviously we have to be careful getting into payment plans and things like that we you know vets are very cautious that we don't want to stretch anyone past their means because you know pet owners will do anything for their pets without sort of considering The consequences of maybe a large debt or something like that, but they'll be able to talk to you about that, maybe able to talk about alternative treatment options as well. Um, You know, vets will generally suggest to you kind of the gold standard of treatment, but there may be other alternatives that may you know be more cost effective and they'll also be able to direct you to charities like ourselves that we'll be able to support if if you're eligible to come to us so yeah definitely have a conversation with your vet don't be scared to you know we're all having these conversations at the moment and they will be able to help
0: and what's some of the other help available out there earlier I mentioned pet food banks um Shauna how widespread are these and again how can people access them
1: Yeah so pet food banks are definitely growing in kind of availability Um, Mm. at the start of this year there was very very minimal available for pet food banks Um, but I know there are other charities that have been working really hard to make sure that these are more widely available. It, It does vary kind of place to place as to what what exactly is available and how you access them so it's hard to kind of direct people in one place but I would just say do some research in your local area don't worry about contacting food banks as well because some food banks may be able to provide pet food or redirect you to somewhere that does Um, and yeah I mean we'll probably talk a little bit about things that you can do to save costs on pet food but pet food banks are growing in availability for sure.
0: And finally, and this is such an important one, how can people reduce the cost of caring for pets while ensuring they remain healthy? I actually downloaded the PDSA's guide on this and I particularly thought the do-it-yourself approach to grooming is a great one. What kind of pet grooming can you do at home and how much could this save you?
1: Yeah, so grooming costs can vary it depends on the size of the pet um and kind of exactly what they need doing but it can be quite costly and some pets do need grooming quite often now i'll say first and foremost that you do need to be careful with this because there are kind of injuries that you can cause to your pet and also you could cause them quite a lot of stress if they're not Mm. used to kind of being handled by you in this way. So just take it at your pet's pace. If they're not comfortable with you doing it at home, um, you can either um, start the desensitization process so to kind of get them used to it. Or if it's just a no go, then it may not be suitable to do at home. And there is an initial kind of cost outlay of buying the equipment, making sure you've got the right things for your pet's coat and to clip their nails and shampoos if, if they're needed. There is more information on how to do all of these things on our website, how to clip nails, how to brush, how often to bathe. But it can it can definitely save money if it's something that you can do at home. You can clip your pet's claws at home. You just have to be very careful not to nick the little blood vessel that's sitting in there. You can brush them. You know, some pets need brushing every day. Some only need once a week. It depends on their coat type. And with regards to bathing... Most pets don't need bathing as often as people think. It can strip all the natural kind of oils and things out of their coat. So it's something that you can do as necessary or kind of as part of the grooming routine. But it is something that you can do at home definitely and will save you money once you've got all the bits and bobs you need.
0: And can you leave us then today with a few more of your top tips for cutting back on pet costs?
1: Yes, absolutely. So we spoke about food earlier. So costs can be saved with pet food. Um, generally, buying in bulk is better, and I think a lot of people do this with their uh, kind of washing powder and things. You know, you work out cost per wash. Well, you can work out cost per day for pet food as well, and just make sure you buy in the the best kind of most economical uh, bag or tray of food, whatever it is that you have, and you know, just make sure that it's being stored correctly and all that business, the expiry dates are suitable. Um, so buying pet food in bulk, a lot of pet owners might be thinking about switching their pet to a cheaper alternative. This is okay, as a last resort, if if you've tried everything else, you know, getting offers on it and things like that, and that's not working, that is okay but just make sure that it's complete so they're still getting everything that they need and that it's the the kind of the best quality that you can afford. A really good place to start is a website called um, Pet Food UK. Pet food manufacturers will become members of that website and it just makes sure that it meets the kind of safety standards and uh, the quality standards that's needed in pet food. So that's a really good place to start if you are thinking about switching to an alternative food. Other things that you can do at home um, are with regards to like toys and bedding so you can make your own toys uh we've got quite a few tutorials on our website of things that you can make using bits and bobs at home like tea towels and socks yeah yeah um because pets don't need fancy toys they just want Mm. to play play with you they don't matter as long as it's safe beds as well so you can you know you know what cats are like they will sleep in a cardboard box so give them a cardboard box, but put a nice blanket in it. And mm-hmm. that's a really cheap way to provide a bed for a pet. So yeah, the, we have got lots more information, more than, you know, I could probably fill an hour of a podcast talking about <laughs> low cost ways to care for your pet. Uh, we've done a lot of work on this. So if you do want any more information, you know, it is it is all on our website.
0: Thanks so much, Sean. And just to add, on the which website, we do have plenty of pet advice guides, including surveys of which cat food brands rank highest as well as dog food thank you so much to shauna and dean for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the witch money podcast if you enjoyed today's show please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch us again next week for more money news and advice find us on social media at witch money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money and we also have a free money newsletter which is delivered to your inbox every monday to sign up visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter this episode of the Witch Money podcast was recorded, produced, and edited by Rob Lilly, with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matt Jenkins.